Good morning. I am Cindy Vaughn. I love talking in the beautiful, blessed KLGO, the word. 1490 AM information with inspiration. Of course, in the studio with me is First Lady of Love, Miss Evelyn Davison. Evelyn, BFF, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, everyone, as you're joining us today for Love Talk. Uh, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, Cindy. As we came in today, okay, there were... Mrs. Rogers. All right. Uh, there were big clouds, and I thought we were going to get some rain, but uh, we do need to rain. We need to pray for rain, and uh, this is going to be an exciting today because we're going to be talking about something that... Um, it's really dear to our heart. What you mean goes, behind closed doors? Behind closed doors. We're going to tell all. Tell everything Finally, we know. Finally, we are doing the tell-all story. We're going to do the book like all of Hollywood does. Mm-hmm. You know, the Elizabeth Taylor's, the, uh, who has the latest one out? It was, oh, the, the Partridge family mom has the yes. latest tell-all book. Yes. She's supposed to be a wholesome figure. Turns out, not so Good. <laughs> well, Cindy, uh, when, we, uh, when we come in the studio on Saturday, it's just playtime for us yeah. because we love Crazy. it so much. And we've got some good plans for the next month or two. Um, I'm going to take a little break. I was going to say, you have good plans. And you're going to take take a little break. But in October, we will celebrate our anniversary in Christian Radio. Okay. And so we're going to bring on. I don't keep track of those things. Well. Uh, I can't even tell you when my wedding anniversary is. Bless your heart. So. Well, uh, we're going to parade, have a love parade, Cindy, and bring. Because we're going to start a new series. We've it's going to be a This Is Your Life. For those of the generations uh, that have come before, remember This Is Your Life, where yes. they would bring in the personality, and they'd have the third grade teacher. And you'd uh, we're not guess, going back oh, that oh, far. Okay. All right, good. I feel good uh, about that. Yeah. Uh, remember, you don't have skeletons in your closet. I do. Oh, now, Cindy, don't tell me that. We... Um, we're going to begin a new series on leadership, mm-hmm. a, becoming a leader that people can follow to Jesus, becoming a leader. What does it take to be a leader? Talk about some of the qualities of a leader, some of the pitfalls of being in leadership, uh, how devastating it can be when you know something happens that you have no control of, a lot of different things. And and basically, it's a little bit of a continuation of what we've been doing with the Yes Lie, because we've been talking the last few weeks, about, and we're going to talk some more about workmanship, the work of God's grace in my life, in your life. And so we're going to look back a little bit, bring in some, one of the, one of the friends we want to bring in is, is Pastor Vinnie Davis, mm-hmm. Vinnie and Teresa. Mm-hmm. Mm, I miss them. I miss them, too. Those were back in the good old days yeah, that we used to yeah. say. Uh, our friend uh, Michael Brandis, who's an attorney, come yeah. up in uh, Colleen, Texas. Some of these that through the years have had an impact um, on leadership in mm-hmm. Austin area. And we're going to be teaching some principles for becoming a leader. But today, we're talking about what goes on behind closed doors. What does that mean? Well, you know, I think one of the things that uh, people are seeking and searching for in this series we've been talking about asking, seeking, and knocking 
is uh, people want to know what's God doing behind the closed doors. Now, you know, it's not like the Wizard of Oz, you yes. know, what what's God doing behind the curtain? You know, is he turning this knob just, you know, and just right so that I can get back to Kansas? Not that kind of thing, but talking about God's work, mm-hmm. his work that he does behind the closed doors, the things that we often don't see. Now, it's revealed to us through the Word. It's revealed to us through our lives, and especially as we follow Him, not Mm -hmm. so much follow our our own plans, but follow Him. Uh, Some of the things that I think today are on people's minds and heart is, you know, when when you think of what is God doing behind closed doors or some of the things that are in the news today, you mm-hmm. know, the recent things, you know, this last week with the chemical attack in Syria. Syria that was so frightening. Rabble. I mean, what is going on inside the borders, the civil war inside there? And of course, then the U.S. trying to determine, you know, what is what is going to be our, quote, reaction to it and you know most of it is just lip service at this point we've we've managed to watch the majority of the brutality go down without involving ourselves Mm -hmm. and basically you know it's (laughs) it's the same old thing of you know just go about your life Mm -hmm. make sure we don't rock the economic boat here in the united states well that's true and and even with the uh, the trial that's gone on up in colleen and you know they've uh, resolved that now it's just a matter of well they 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 haven't done the sentencing part of it now you know i Mm -hmm. ranted over this last week now you're gonna get me right back into rant mode okay because you know i always count on the military to do the right thing you know so Mm -hmm. remember folks this is 2009 it's taken to for justice Mm -hmm. and we haven't gotten the sentencing part of this yet we'll just see because here you know the government has put pressure on the military we don't call this terrorism because he was part of the u.s military it's changed our vernacular you know, blah, 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 blah. You know, uh, we have a we have a saying in our house because I'm married to an engineer and he works in electrical engineering. And so he's often asked me, you know, well, is this a signal or is this noise? Mm-hmm. A whole lot of what we hear is noise. And mm-hmm. so the whole thing about who Hassan is, you know, whether that was terrorism, you know, this has been tried in a military court, but it looks much more like a civilian court than any military court I've ever heard of. And so we'll just just hold our breath. And on the same rant. Yes. Okay. What is up with the U.S. and the Muslim Brotherhood? Well, Cindy, it's frightening. Um, yeah, because every news report in Egypt is like the Muslim Brotherhood are our new BFFs, the uh-huh. ones, you know, because there was the democratic process in Egypt and then the military coup. Now they're making the Muslim Brotherhood on the streets trying to restore the Morsi government, making them look like they are the innocents. Mm-hmm. I mean, what? Who are these people? Well, I'll tell you what it is, Cindy. And one and I talked about it earlier this morning. One, you can say amen from the uh, the booth in there. It's the devil's daily details. 
it's the devil details of how he gets involved in our lives to the extent that we don't know what reason is. We don't know what logic is. Well, the American we, news outlets would have you believe the Muslim Brotherhood in the streets that are demonstrating are just, you know, just civilians like you and I, if we mm-hmm. were being, listen, this is twisted. Well, I'll tell you how twisted it is. Within the next uh, six weeks, I think it is, there's going to be a million-man Muslim march in Washington, D.C. And so as as we think about all of this, all of this pressure, all of this dysfunction, all of this lack of liberty uh, that we are looking at today, not only, you know, in in the Muslim Brotherhood, but in our own nation where we have people that are changing the very law of this land saying that you, because you are a Christian, you can no longer do this. Well, get this. New Mexico just came down on the third case similar to this. It's gone all the way up to their state Supreme Court. And this reminds me of why we worked hard this last session to try to get the amendment that protects Mm -hmm. religious freedom here in Texas. It didn't get through. But all to say, here's what happened in New Mexico. So now you've had a series of florists and photographers who, as private business people, have refused to perform their services for gay marriages. And so they filed suit against these private businesses, and they've won every single time. And so now the New Mexico Supreme Court has come down and said that Christians are inherently discriminatory Mm -hmm. against gays. And so, business or not, you do not have the right to refuse service. I, I'm, I'm stunned about this. Well, I'm stunned too, Cindy, and it's one of the reasons that um, we're still here after almost 30 years talking about these things <laughs> as ladies um, Well, I guarantee you our conversation has changed over the 30 years. Well, it has, and I, I, I thought about that last week as I was going back through some uh, cleaning some papers out. What is it that God's doing today about what's going on in America? What is He doing? If you look, it's what's been going on and is going, has been going on, is presently going on, and still has a few more weeks to go on Explore God. It is a phenomenon that this city has never seen before. It's not behind closed doors. The training that's going on in this city now to train individuals like you and like me, just the ordinary person, if they're already any ordinary person anymore. I was going to say, is there such a thing? uh, To develop and to find conversations to the point that we can bring people to begin to think about the things that we're going to be talking about today. Mm, That's good. Because... Speaking, you know, explore God in these recent things, you know, um, they're not necessarily are these things that define who we are, but there are moments in time that are inescapable. And the work that God is doing behind closed doors, Mm -hmm. the understanding or the faith and the trust to believe that God is working behind closed doors is what is of ultimate value. To you and I, there's a survey out right now that, you know, talks about, you know, what what do people believe? And this this segues perfectly with the Explore God. You know, 
conversations with people in Austin who are less than 1% of the population is churched or even confesses Christ as their Savior, here's how that conversation might go. What do you believe will happen to you when you die? And a lot of people will say, hey, I lived a good life. Mm-hmm. I did my very best. Even churched people will say, "Oh yeah, I I tried to be a good person. I went to church. I read my Bible. I tried not to sin. I tried not to do the Ten Commandments." Listen, are any of those the password to open the door to God? Cindy, uh, I want us to talk a little bit about this survey. It's it's from American Protestant Churchgoers, and it's came from Lifeway Research. Company, which is a survey company we use at the Good News Journal, and it asks the question, which of the following best describes your beliefs about life after death? Now, we're talking primarily to an audience in, in Austin area, uh, and of course we're World Wide Web now, but less than 1% are, um, are out there in, in the behind closed doors. They don't know. They don't know what's going on. It says, when you die, you will go to heaven because you have confessed your sins and accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior. Eighty-one percent of churched people say that. That's a big, big uh, number. Well, I mean, good. I mean, they should have the principles. If they believe that. But here's the secret to this. You can believe it, but not live it. Yeah, you can believe it and not trust it. You yeah. can say, you can, anybody can get up on a Sunday and recite the creed yeah. or say the Lord's Prayer. It's not the same thing as, yeah. you know, basically adopting this as a lifestyle. But from there it goes on down. Let's just throw some of these out there. When you die, you go to heaven because you tried your best to be a good person and live a good life. That's only 7%. Hey, I love this one. When you die, you'll go to heaven because guess what? God loves everyone. I, You know, when I talk to people, they're usually of two minds. Yeah. God loves, you know, God loves everybody or God's mm-hmm. mad at me. Yeah. You know, I mean, either he's, he's one or the other. God or he is the all loving, gushy mm-hmm. God of the universe. He is that, Cindy, but. <laughs> he's the gushy God but, of the universe. Oh, okay. But. He is that, but there's another part of that. Yeah, yeah. Love is just one of the attributes of God. Only one. Well, you loved your and kids. It, yeah. Did but did was you were you all the time telling them you're the you the whole universe hangs uh-huh. around you and orbits around you because there are a lot of kids out there these days whose parents have told them the whole universe orbits around yeah. you. I was yeah. thinking about parents this week as they were getting ready for school and buying all the new uh-huh. clothes. I had this one parent talk to me about having to buy all new clothes. I said, you know, when we we were we, we were, got pencils and a big chief tablet. Yeah, and hopefully you got a new pair of shoes so that your toes were not crunched up <laughs> in the last pair. Of shoes. Hanging off the sandals. But you did. You went to, regardless of how many inches you grew. Want to identify with this? But this, you went with your high waters. Okay, this is one of the things that goes 
on behind the closed doors of people's minds, Cindy, is that many of them do say God is love. If they believe him in it all, they say, well, he's love. But you see, when you take any attribute of God to the extreme, what does it become? It becomes heresy. Because as, as God's uh, love hits his mercy, hits his grace, it has to hit justice. Well, we got to take our break, but here's just a couple of things that would make you wonder about God. Here we go. Because we're going to be talking about work, right? Yes. We're talking about both God's the workmanship, workmanship in us, and our work, and what God says about work. Here's one that you're not going to like, I guarantee you. Proverbs 10.4. A slack hand causes poverty, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. In all toil there is poverty profit but mere talk tends only to poverty listen god has a bunch to say about your work my work and his work this is love talk on the word Good morning. I am Cindy Vaughn. I love talking in the beautiful, blessed KLGO, the Word Studios, 1490 AM. Information with inspiration reminding you that we're streaming live at klgo.net. You can also catch up with Evelyn and I for the audio portion and the blog of this program at lovetalknetwork.com. Today, Evelyn, we're talking about saying yes to God's workmanship. You know, what my parents used to say to me when I was a kid, when we were talking about going back to school before we went on breaks, is they said, you're, here's your job. Yeah, here's your job. Yeah. You go to school. Mm-hmm. That's your job. Yeah. And so we were talking about that on break. Juan came in and shared, and, you know, we, we were talking about our high waters, our big chief tablets. And, you know, there were no behavioral issues much in school, even when you I didn't was chew gum, up, You didn't spit well, on the floor. Well, here's why. Because um, there was no air conditioning in the school, and so you were just trying to survive heat stroke. You know, you, there was not extra energy to run around, you know, and uh, you didn't have extra money for candy and Cokes and soda and things like that. So there, you know, it was just if I can get through the day at 105 sitting mm. in this seat, I'll be doing good. Yeah. So that was our work. Yeah, as a so, child. Yeah. That's right. And that, you know, really and truly, that needs to be the message today is you know and i think it is i think parents are saying that but parents are under such terrific pressure juan was talking about some of the pressures he's under and i know parents are under pressure with these kids as opposed to uh us who didn't even have a pair of shoes we could wear during the summer we went barefoot all summer Mm -hmm. we were like little peasant children sure and uh and then by the time you got into a pair of shoes at uh right the day before school because they had to you know, last, right? Yes. So you're one pair of shoes. So anyway, yeah. enough of that reminiscing. Another rant. I, you can see, Evelyn, I uh. am uh, 
Well, slowly, slowly times but change. Losing it. Times change, and you know we don't live with a big cheap tablet and a number two pencil anymore. We live with our iPads and our iPhones. Oh, hallelujah! Praise God! I just don't want. I the know you love it, and I am trying the best I can <laughs> uh, to get this. And I, I, I don't know. I it, am I, sure my iPad was sent directly from God. Oh, you think that <laughs> iPad came from my? Yeah. Well, uh, <clears throat> I, I, I'm. I'm that is God's come. workmanship, I'm for yeah. sure. Well, the thing is, the point is, the main point is times have changed. We don't live with a, a number two pencil and a big chief a tablet anymore. We live by the very work that God is doing in our lives, not only in our lives, Cindy, but worldwide as we look at this universe and we think how precious that work God did in the garden. When he worked six days, it did it in six days. I said to Van this week, we're been cleaning house and we're going to go on a little vacation. We're going to have our house painted. That we've never had as much dust Do in our life. Do not come and rob Evelyn blind as she tells the whole world. <laughs> Van is literally No, our son Danny's going to be there. That's what I'm going to say. Uh We've never had dust like we have it today. And I know a part of it's the drought. But the other thing I came, I was thinking about it, and I told him, I said, I figured out why we've got so much dust. He said, why? I said, well, number one is God made us from dust. So we started out as dust. And as you get older, your skin gets drier, and you just have more dust. So we're going, we're going from dust to dust. And so it's kind of like a little boy. He went into his mother and he said, oh, mother, come quick, come quick. Said there's somebody uh, either dying or or being born under my bed. And she said, what are you talking about? He said, well, you know, Pastor Steve said that we came from dust. We're going to go back to dust. And he said, there's somebody either coming or going under my bed because there's dust under my bed. We live by the very thoughts that go through our mind every day. And sometimes they're kind of dusty, Cindy. And, but sometimes they're realistic when we think about who we are and why we are here and what work has God done in our life and has yet to do to get us to the point that we are love on parade before a world that is seeking him, Cindy. Okay, so what you described is basically you and Ben are both Linus. You know, the little boy with the, that has the dust going yes, up and peanuts up, around yes. him all the time. Well, I want to ask you a question because, right. um, we're, you know, we're talking about God's workmanship and you touched a little bit on, uh, on what he said about his own work at creation. Right. You know, how it was good. And then he rested on the seventh day. And even in Ephesians 2, He says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in him. You know, that's one of the reasons why we were talking about what is God doing behind closed doors? Well, part of it is, is he himself says we're part of his workmanship for the work that he prepared for us Mm -hmm. in advance. You know, that's the work that he does. That doesn't have much to do with you and I. Now, it it certainly does in the sense that we live it out. But it Mm -hmm. says he prepared it for us in advance. So when I saw 139, Cindy, you know, the psalmist said that long before God ever breathed breathed breath into us, 
he put us all, he needed us together. He put our bones and our flesh and our thoughts and our brain and our blood and all those things together to make a human being. And a human being is different from the spirit of the, of the living God. Uh, so we are unique. We are purposeful. We are useful. And we are here for a reason. Well, one of the reasons why we're even having this conversation is I know for a fact that one of the things that really disturbs you is the work ethic in this na- a part, as a part of what you see taking place in culture, as part of what you see taking place in America. There is a question mark over the nation that says, well, you know, we're, we're back to square one having such basic conversations is, you know, is work of value? Mm-hmm. Is, is work a curse? Is it a toil? Is it a blessing? You know, why work? Mm-hmm. What does God say about work? What's God's work and what's your work and what's my work? Well, our number one work is to so live that we give glory to God, number one. And number two, that we shine like a light on a hill, and the scriptures tell us that. We are a light on the hill of life. And we're not to take and cover our light up or put it under a bushel, that's what it said. And, of course, you know, he had been talking about fruit there. The important thing that we have got to nail down in our lives personally, in the great state of Texas, and in this station, Cindy, is that we are here for a reason. Mm, For a purpose. Well, I want to go out on break singing this little light of mine, Uh, but I'm afraid that that would just be way too much for people on a Saturday morning. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about this little light of mine. Are you going to let it shine? This is Love Talk on the Word. Good morning, I am Cindy Vaughn. I love talking in the beautiful, blessed KLGO, the Word Studios, 1490 AM. Information with inspiration reminding you we're streaming live at klgo.net. You can also uh, pick up this portion, uh, the audio portion of this program when we get it posted on lovetalknetwork.com. Evan, we went out on our break, and uh, we were talking about, you know, what is God doing behind closed doors? What is his work? What we can't see. That's right. And, you know, I mentioned when we came in some of the things that God talks about with regard to work. We're going to talk about the character of God with regard to work. But I wanted to read you mm-hmm. uh, a scripture. These are these are the scriptures nobody really wants to talk about. Proverbs thirty fifteen says, the leech has two daughters. Give and give. Three things are never satisfied, and four never say enough. So mm. uh, this is this cultural paradigm that we're working through as a people. You know, what is it to do? Are we to worship work? Are we to worship our works? Are we to worship even God's works? And does God have any say with regard to work. And one of the first things we have to do is lay the foundation for how God revealed himself. Right. 
And he revealed and does reveal himself still through his works. Now you Two see, ways, Cindy. That's right. And so I want us to talk a little bit about well, that. Well, he reveals himself, first of all, by, by instruction and inspiration. Uh, he, when he talked to Adam and Eve in the garden <clears throat> and gave them uh, basically a work plan for life, was they were to take care of the garden, tend to it, take care of everything. They were, it was his gift that he had given to them. Now, we don't know how big it was. We don't know how vast it was. We know it was very representative of what the whole world is like today. But it was a place of peace and love and joy and a place where they gave him glory because they had relationship directly with God and walked with him every day in the cool of the evening. So it was good. God, when he made everything, when he finished, he made a statement. And we could put that on the billboards in Austin like Explore God is right now. It is good. He looked at everything he had done and said, it is good. So there's nothing wrong with us, Cindy, other than if we go our own way, go astray from God's plan for us. And that plan is that we're to work. We live in a nation today, and you mentioned this, you know, we're talking about rent, where there are more people not working because they can make more money off of welfare than they can make working. Now, there's something wrong with that upside down. That's like turning an ice cream cone upside down. It's going to lose its its good stuff. <laughs> you know, the, it, you just have to look at it, Cindy. It cannot go on forever. In fact, just a few, recently, the president came out and said, America's running out of money. And Van said, well, is that a shock? <laughs> you know, we know that. So what is it then? About us as individuals, if God has given us instruction for working, what is the next step for that? It's inspiration. Jesus talked about it when he talked about those who were hungry, those who were lost, those who were lonely. And he said to the disciples, when you go out there in that love field where I planted you and you run into needs, and that's what a poor God is about. When you run into needs, you run into that person that's confused or lost or doesn't understand or doesn't know anything. He said, if their number one need is water, what are you to do for them? Well, give it to them. Give them a drink of water. And what did he say would happen when you do that? When you do that to them, you You are doing it unto unto me. me. The best illustration we can give today, Cindy, about what we're talking about is what Jesus said about water. And he didn't say it necessarily for those that didn't work because they didn't want to work. He just said, as you encounter people, as you begin to explore this world where I've placed you, as you begin to look at the needs around you, look at the people that are not um, not wise, uh, look at people that that are bringing terror. You know, we have a we have a whole book of those issues in the Old Covenant, the Old Testament of how God worked and he worked and he worked and he worked through government. And government was an instru- it was an institution ordained by God. But people got farther and farther away from what? The inspiration 
in the instruction of God. You know, I really think you've hit on something uh, vital here because, um, you know, when we talk about work, we're not just talking about duty. And we're not just talking about defining ourselves by, quote, even the good works or even by the obedience or the sacrifice of work. It is that if we lose sight of the fact that God, who himself revealed himself through his work and that his work is inspiring, you don't. You mean when you close your eyes, Evelyn, and you think of the Tetons or you think of those places you're about to visit, the places and people are still on vacation when you when you go to Yellowstone or when the beauty of God, let me just put it that way in nature. That is in many ways the inspiration of God. It is not enough as Christians to live by the instruction of God because even work becomes toil, becomes drudgery, becomes the law. It is that God revealed himself through his work that others would be inspired. And He, when he says we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we would walk in them. It isn't just that you and I are so purposeful that we are just driven down the line to get everything, build everything right on this work, this earth. It is that God, Christ living in us, his workmanship would be an inspiration, the same kind of beauty that we see in the majesty of the mountains the ocean waves, the prairies, all of those places is God's greatest hope is to inspire you and I. Well, and how does it come, Cindy? That That's the question. You know, we can make these statements, but we have people all over the world that are listening to us today. And they're, they're asking, how? How do you get this kind of mindset? Where does this inspiration come from? And I want to tell you what Jesus said. He said, when we ask, seek, and knock on the doors of heaven, it wakes up God's angel army. Uh, We think we live in this world alone, but you know when Elijah was about to lose a great battle of Ai, God told him, he said, open up your eyes, Elijah, and look on the fields. He said, there is an angel army around you, surrounding you. There is a spiritual force that comes into the life of every individual who comes to know the reality of the love of God through Jesus Christ. And what it says here is that the Holy Spirit never speaks. It's always at work. If if the Holy Spirit is always working, then um, what is it that we need to do to connect with that then, Cindy? If we're working and the Holy Spirit's working, we have got to know what the plan of God is. We've got to know what his passion is. And he says his passion is this. Not any should perish, but all come to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what God's purpose is. His plan is. He did that with Adam and Eve in the garden as he loved them and and endeared himself to them. But when they separated themselves from God, which they did, 
God took into his own hands again a separation and a creation. He said to them, you will leave the garden of convenience and go out into the world of work. You will strive with your hands. You will, you will have to work for all those good things that I had as a gift for you. That same admonition is true today, Cindy. As we go out into our world, we cannot expect God to just hand us a Cadillac car or the government to give us everything that we think we want. There comes a time when we have to be responsible for the life that we have. God created it, and he gave it to us as a gift, and Jesus made that possible because of who he is and why he came. But the other part of this, it says the Holy Spirit never sleeps and is always at work. The Holy Spirit is always working. We may not feel him. We may not be inspired by him. But the scripture tells us he is always working. And then it said he works. What does he do? He works to bring truth to our lives so we can deliver it with his power to others. What is this truth, Cindy? It's the truth of his love, his mercy, but also the instruction by which we are to live our lives in a way that people can look at us and see how great God really is. This is so revealing about the work of God. Jesus came, and his work was to make his way to the Calvary. That was the plan, to give his life shed blood the same way the lamb's blood was shed on the altar on Passover and in the tabernacle. That's what Jesus did once and for all. That was Jesus's work. And it was to prepare the messengers to keep the message going. He did that. And then after he was crucified and resurrected, he came back to tell them some more things are going to happen to you. I am leaving you. He told them that the Lord's Supper. I will return again. He did after the cross, but he will come again. And what he said about that is this. You won't know when it's going to be, but you'll know when it happens. You won't know when it'll be, but you'll know when it happens. We're going to take our break. We're in the studio today, and we're talking about the question of work, who we are or what we do. This is Love Talk on the Word. Good morning. I am Cindy Vaughn. I love talking in the beautiful, blessed KLGO, the word studios, 1490 AM information with inspiration, reminding you that we are streaming live at KLGO.net. You can also catch up with Evelyn and I at lovetalknetwork.com. And of course, in the studio with me is founder, creator, and director of Love Talk, Evelyn Davison. Evelyn, we're in this, uh, when we're the series of saying yes. And, you know, you can't skim over the saying yes to God without uh, addressing the fact that uh, sometimes that's work to say 
yes to God. Or or saying yes to God results in work. But you, you have to lay a foundation there about what does God say, who we are. And and we talked about some of the um, foundations of what took place with regard to work in the garden. But, you know, there's as much to be said, and sometimes I think we skim over what Jesus left for us in the New Testament, the, the finished work of um, Calvary. Uh, the new covenant of the Holy Spirit, and then the commandments of Christ and the things that he left in terms of instructions. Because both in Colossians and in Ephesians, he says basically this. He says, serve the Lord. It's not a question of work. Serve the Lord and whatever you do. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. Ephesians 6 says this, serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not men. Because you know that the Lord will reward everyone for whatever good he does, whether he is slave or free. This is basically the synopsis of the Christian work ethic. It is the commandment to put forth our best efforts here on earth, not as works, but because we are his workmanship. And because the purpose of our life is not that we get it all right here or that we refrain from doing wrong. It's that we understand that we're here to serve the Lord and that we're to work with our heart and our soul. That who are we accountable to? Are we accountable to men or accountable to God? Well, yes, we have accountability to men. I have accountability to you. I have accountability to dozens, sometimes hundreds of people. But ultimately, who am I accountable to? I'm accountable to God. That we're stewards of the gifts that he has given to you and I for whatever time we have have here on earth we are stewarding the workmanship and the gifts the abilities that the lord has placed within us and what ultimately work flows out of our gratitude Absolutely. and our love for him this is why we talked about the the comp the uh the twins of inspiration and instruction, that if you just camp in the place of instruction, I do my duty, I do my work because I, you know, I gotta serve the Lord. Da 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 da. You know the good Christian mantra and ethic. If you leave out inspiration, then through inspiration comes a heart that is grateful to God to have the ability, to have the gifts, to have the strength. To work with God. That's it, Cindy. The, it's the with. It's that preposition. We we don't just work for God. Uh, you know that my motto for life is he plus me equals what? We. Uh, that tells me that there's some things that, that he has programmed me to do. You know, I don't need an iPad or I don't need a... Big chief Be tablet. Be very careful. Well, I know. Uh, <laughs> I'm talking to the expert over here. Uh, I mean, yeah, pretty, you're talking heresy. Yeah. When it speaks to your heart after you know his word, that is the secret to life. 
Uh, the inspiration comes when we come to the point that we know Jesus and that we know what he says and we know why we're here. Uh, we, when we started off today, uh, we said that, you know, God's job is uh, to get us from here to there. And our job is to be where it is that he wants us to be. Uh, he came to be with us while we are here in the spirit. But he also came, Cindy, and paid that price of love for us so that when this life is over, and I'm getting closer to that dust every day. Okay, you know, now you are speaking here, Cindy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we really do know without any doubt whatsoever that once this, all of this part of our life is over, there is an eternity waiting for us because of what Jesus came to do and what he's done in my life, in your life. But Cindy, we have worlds of people out there that do not understand this. Hmm. How is it that a living God, a living spirit to take residence in our life to empower us to be as near to who, to the example of Jesus as we can be. And it, it is a, a phenomenon that we deal with every day. When I can remember growing up when I came to know the Lord, and I mean, I was so strict. I had one friend that said, damn, every once in a while, and I just really doubted her salvation. I mean, it was so firm in my life. You know, what happened to me is I became so um, crusted in what I thought God wanted that I never explored any of the other things that I thought he had. And so that's what life is all about. We start out with the basics of the Christian life. Jesus came. He paid the price of love for us. He died for us. He, he has gifted us with the Holy Spirit to be who he wants us to be. He has promised that he would return and come back and, and that we would be with him. Those are the tenets of the Christian life. But it starts with something, Cindy. It starts with a heart change, mm. a mind change. It starts <clears throat> when we knock on the heart of his door. And we, you know, you don't have to do a big dialogue. You're going to say, I want to believe. You remember the man that came to Jesus and he said, I want to believe. I want to have faith. I want it. But where is it? Well, Evelyn, you know, um, ultimately, when we're talking about this question of work and we talked a little bit about culture, we always like to cast our conversations in the dialogue between culture and Christianity. You know, and you talked about there's many people unemployed in this nation right now as are employed. Well, you know, there are all kinds of poverty mm-hmm. and there are all kinds of unemployment. And, and God talks about it in Matthew. He talks the eight Beatitudes in Matthew 5 talking about the the good kinds of poverty and then the kinds of poverty you never want to be in. You know, there's a lot of dialogue about poverty in our nation today. But what you're really talking about here are all those out there who are unemployed because yeah. they're unemployed with God. Not, you're not talking only about, unemployed, but underemployed. That's See, right. That's the biggest challenge. Th- yeah. And then you've got all of those who are walking in a kind of poverty 
that it doesn't matter what you have in your wallet. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's a hard poverty. That's right. It is a poverty of the soul and a poverty of the spirit. So when we come to talk about these cultural issues of work, we come to talk about who God is. Ultimately, the conversation has to rest on the fact of answering the questions is, are you walking in poverty today? Are you unemployed Mm -hmm. by God? Because ultimately, that is why we're here. Are you underemployed because you've chosen to go your own way and you're working the American dream? You're saying, if I do all of these things, if I'm successful in these ways, and if I'm working in this way, then I must be pleasing to God. That's not what you're trying to lead people, where you're leading people right now. That's not even where exploring God ultimately leads to. The conversations around explore God don't lead to a litmus test of do you live your life without sin or do you live your life by doing A, B, C, and D. The truth of the matter, the explore God is ultimately is God life and do you have life with God? And that's the question you're trying to lead people to today. Well, that is so true, Cindy. And, and, you know, one of the things that makes it so uh, difficult for um, the time in which we live is the, um, the magnitude of media and how it is that in, uh, in the fraction of a second, uh, we hear about something that something bad or we hear about something good and it makes us wonder about why those things are not happening in our own life uh, the important thing that we need to remember out of this conversation today is the work of salvation has already been done jesus came paid the price for our love and we don't have to do anything it's for by his grace that our life is put together is glued together, is made solid on a solid foundation. Uh, it's not by working. Now, work is part of the love expression that we have. But apart from that, l- uh, work is survival. Jesus didn't tell us that we just, you know, put uh, put everything down and just sit there and wait. He comes again. He says, work for the night is coming when you can't work. And there are many people that need you to help them. So we would close today, Cindy, with that good word. If You know, if you do need help, uh, get in touch with someone. Go to our local church. Call us on the love line. That's 249-6535. We can't furnish all those things, but we can help you find resources. Well, Evelyn, love being with you. This has been Love Talk on the Word.